Welcome to Stirring the Pod podcast, a podcast all about discussing controversial food subjects, historical aspects of food, and pretty much everything else food and cooking related. Let me start by introducing my co-hosts. First up, we have Mr. Barbecue Brand, an aficionado of all things barbecue, and a recently featured guest on Food Network's Barbecue USA. Welcome, Barbecue Brand. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Very nice to be here. It's your boy, Barbecue Brand. What's cooking, everybody? <laughs> Next up, we have Mr. Brandon D., a connoisseur of Louisiana and Southern cuisine and a self-proclaimed food science nerd. Welcome, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 12. We're excited to get this one going. I am your host, KCP, a baking and cooking enthusiast and a lover of all Southern culture, history, and cuisine. Tonight's topic is a widely debated topic across Louisiana and the South. We will be discussing the differences between Cajun and Creole, from the history of the people to the cuisine we all know and love. All right, guys, how y'all doing tonight? Doing well. I'm going to start this off. Controversially, I have to say this. The difference between Cajun and Creole, it's not tomatoes. Understand, everybody? Not tomatoes. I have to start off. I'm starting off. I'm coming I'm coming off the press hot. Coming in it's hot. like not tomatoes. It's not it. That's not the only thing that determines. So let's get this started. So we're going to start off by the <laughs> talking about the history. So basically, there is this amazing book if you guys don't know it you should spend the money it's like 80 books but the encyclopedia of cajun and creole cuisine by chef john false if you guys can see this mm -hmm. we can it's, it's massive it's it's 80 like 80 books full color pages it's it's a beautiful book and literally in this book is the definition of, between the two of these two things. So these two, two things, two cultures. If we're going to talk about the history of Cajuns, we got to start off with the Native Americans in Cajun culture and Creole culture, because it all starts there. So I'm going to read some from this encyclopedia of Cajun Creole, because I think this is a very good uh, documentation of the history of Louisiana. And I've read through this, not the whole book, obviously, but some parts of this. It's like my favorite thing to do on Sunday mornings with a cup of coffee is sit down with this book and just read through it and see all this stuff. It's, you guys really have to get this book. So anyway, I'll read a little bit from it. Um, so when Columbus sailed to America, Native Americans had been living in Louisiana for more than 3,500 years. Well, the general view is that Native Americans were primarily hunters and gatherers, archaeological, 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 archaeological evidence suggests that a thriving trade economy existed in Louisiana at the same time as Ramses II was ruling Egypt. Moses was leading the Israelites from bondage and the Phoenicians were trading along the Mediterranean. As yet, Rome had not been founded. 
Much of the evidence for this comes from a massive earthwork in northeastern Louisiana near present day known as Poverty Point. First reported in 1873 by Samuel Lockett, this prehistoric permanent village of sophisticated dwellers existed on a bluff overlooking swamplands of the Mississippi River. Y'all, when I read that, it blew my mind. So they had Native Americans in Louisiana at the same time as Ramses II was ruling Egypt. Like Moses, all that was going on at the same time. That 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 doesn't even make sense to me. Like my brain totally like bent thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. So our culture goes back that far. That's you old. Know, at, very at old. least at least that far. You know, like it's just unbelievable to me. Like history is so cool. <laughs> it is. So that's where where all of this starts. You know, living off of the land and you know, farming and and just using the resources that you had on hand and what were available to you in that in that particular region. So that's where all of this starts. And that's what trickled down to the Creoles and then the Cajuns. So let's talk a little bit now about the Creoles. <laughs> and this is where the controversy starts. <laughs> <laughs> So let's see, there is this other article that's really, really interesting um, online. The Historic New Orleans Collection Museum put out an article. What is the difference between Cajun and Creole, or is there one? So this, this is a really, really interesting article. So this goes back and says, what do we mean when we talk about Cajun country? The simple, term, simple answer is that the term is synonymous with Acadiana, a 22 parish region settled in the mid-18th century by exiles, present-day Nova Scotia. About 3,000 Acadians arrived in South Louisiana from 1764 to around 1785. So more than 250 years later, their Creolized name, Cajun, derived from the French Acadian, can be found anywhere. South Louisiana's reputation as Cajun country may seem as natural and inevitable as Spanish moss on a live oak tree, but it's actually a fairly recent phenomenon. The latest twist in a long story about Creole identity and the United States race relations. When photographers Douglas Baez and Charles Traub spent six months in South Louisiana in the mid-1970s, creating the work now on view in the new exhibition, The Cajun Document, the region was only just beginning to be known as Cajun country. So in the mid-70s, Cajun country was a thing. Like this is fairly recent. Yeah, like, think about how new that is. That how new that term is. It really is. So for for two centuries, Creole had been the dominant term used to describe the region's people and culture. Cajuns existed, but prior to the 1960s, they did not self-identify as such in large numbers. For Cajuns were and are a subset of Louisiana Creoles. Absolutely. So today, common understanding holds that Cajuns are white and Creoles are black or mixed race. Creoles are from New Orleans, while Cajuns populate rural parts of South Louisiana. In fact, the two cultures are for, far more related historically, geographically, and genealogy. Not a lot more than people actually realize. And 
you know, growing up in South Louisiana, I didn't even know that. This was something I found out, like, you know, I've known that, but like to see this in here, people have researched this, like, this is really, really interesting. Yeah, it it, it really is interesting. The more that I read about it, uh, you know, the more that you start to realize that that Cajuns really are a subset of Creoles, right? And it's yeah. more of area and access than it is at all about race or color right. or or right. any of those things. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, those, those Cajuns, I, you know, I actually read an article that said that Cajuns didn't self-identify until later, but it was the Creoles that were calling a lot of, you know, some of our Southern Louisiana people Cajuns because they were a little poor and they weren't able to have access to food and they used what they had on hand and, and what they could grow and what they had on the land. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. think about that concept. Right. So another section of this uh, article, it said, for historians, identity evolution can be difficult to trace. The material record cannot replicate 200-year-old lived experiences and perspectives, but it does support the idea of an overarching creole, creolite, creolite, or creolness to which Acadian descendants belonged and self-identified through the 19th centuries. Much harder to substantiate is when those Acadian Creoles began, became calling themselves Cajun. It's a matter of scholarly debate, but the current consensus holds that the term existed by the end of the 19th century. However, its usage does not appear to be, have been widespread and range from neutral to pejorative. And it wasn't said with the kind of pride we see to date. So basically, this had a lot to do with the the one drop rule of racial purity underpinning mm-hmm. segregation chipped away at the white Creole's comfort with the Creole label. With some right. white Creoles, they learned the word could be connected to blacks. They dropped the term. So there's where the racial divide began. Mm. Right, right. So, yeah. So just so we're clear, everyone is a Creole. <laughs> right. I mean, because Creole, Creole is a pretty broad term. It doesn't, it doesn't mean somebody of mixed race. You can't be a, you can't be mixed race to, from another place and call yourself a Creole. You have to be from Louisiana. You, you're talking Louisiana Creoles, which there are different Creoles. The term used in the Caribbean too. When you're talking about a Louisiana Creole, you have to be from here, and you have to. You usually have like a it's usually a cultural identification of somebody that's of French or French or Spanish descent and has uh and has a Catholic heritage. I mean that's Catholic or Catholic. That's typically what we understand as being a Creole. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and this is controversial. There are other definitions of it, you know. There are there are French Creoles, there are Spanish Creoles. Uh I don't know if you consider German or English people Creoles, but if you're from Louisiana, I mean, you've been here long enough. You've adapted to the culture. You you have. <laughs> we're just like a melting pot, basically. It's a conglomerate culture. It it really does yeah. take apart from everything and every body's. Con- That's why I love that book. It goes through the contributions of everyone: the the English, the the English, which you wouldn't expect, the Germans, the French, the Spanish. Italians. The Native Americans, the Italians, the Africans, everybody built even this the, culture. and Even the Brits. The yeah, Brits and are mixed in yeah. there, too. 
and this is Louisiana is one of the most complicated states when it comes to race race relations in the United States. Yes, it re it really is. It's yes. this is not this is not as simple as black and white. This is this is a mixed people. This is people they've they you know they had mixed they had mixed people who owned slaves in Louisiana. This is this is the truth. They had black people that owned slaves in Louisiana. This is a very complicated society. A lot it of is. parts going into it, and it's it's been it, it's been that way for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yes, I that's what we call you. everybody. That's, that's why we call everybody cuz because they probably are. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know, uh, according to my biology teacher, it doesn't matter after second cousin. So, you know. <laughs> oh Lord, we're getting into the weeds here. <laughs> yeah, I I, ch I challenge everyone to to really look in the mirror because you know the the culture that we are so prideful of, which I am as well, all stems from settlement. Okay, so there, <laughs> take a look at yourself, take a look at your family, take a look at everybody around you, and just really think about where all of this came from and why things are the way that they are today, and why the yeah. things are the way that they are in our our heritage our our food our culture our our behavior you know all of those things it's it's a it's a melting pot we all you yes. know it's we all we all here together from somewhere oh right that's them from something it's true, it's true. <laughs> yep. so jumping into the cuisine part of this it's what um we really want to jump into and get controversial about so in this book, they have the exact definition. Like literally it says, what's the difference between Cajun and Creole? And it listed. So this is what Chef John Fulce and the other writers, the other authors of this book said. Generally, Cajun cooking is heart rustic country fare created as a family project. Cajun cooking is a homestyle cuisine served over or with cooked white rice. Most often, it is found simmering in a cast iron pot with its main ingredients harvested from the abundance of the land, swamps, bayous, and streams. In comparison, Creole cuisine is a more sophisticated cousin. Creole is the cuisine of cooks and chefs and is based on European techniques. Wine or liquor is liquor based sauces often enhance the supple, subtle, delicate flavors. Though Creole cuisine has French roots as well, it has been greatly influenced by other cultures, including Native American, Spain, Germany, England, Africa, and Italy. In general, Creole cooking is a more sophisticated fare. And I, I can agree with all of that because right. yeah. Creole cooking is more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. But what about I, Creoles? What about that grew up in the country? Because Creoles that grow up without access to these things, wine, they're not cooking like city folk are cooking. I mean, yeah, right. everybody thinks Creoles. They think New Orleans. They think city folk. Well, there's a lot of Creoles that live all over Louisiana, and we, you know, they don't cook like that. They right. don't have you know fancy sauces and things like that. You find their their food is more rustic than than you know you would expect by city cuisine but because a creole makes is it a creole cuisine or is it cajun cuisine or is it sometimes so so there's a regional there's a regional and access uh thing there about this so 
Louisiana food is pretty regional. Different mm-hmm. parts of the state could cook different things. And also mm-hmm. people that have to access to the same things tend to cook the same way. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, no, no Creole because, you know, no Creole family is cooking, you know, hoity-toity uh, fancy food if they're living in the swamp. No, no. But there there has to be a, a, you know, a fine line between what we're talking about here. If we're talking about, you know, Cajun and Creole as, you know, kind of like a culture or we're talking about a style of cuisine here. It's more of a style difference than it would be. There would be actually a like a racial difference. There there is none of I, I don't I don't think there's a very significant one. People from southwest Louisiana where we're from south central southwestern Louisiana they generally cook the same thing the same way. And there's not much of a difference that I've seen in Creole or Cajun food. And then you have a lot of migration of Creole Creole dishes into Cajun cuisine. Red beans and rice is not a Cajun dish. That is a Creole dish. That is that is definitely from the New Orleans area. Whereas in Cajun country, we do more white beans. White beans and red beans was more mm-hmm. common. Mm-hmm. In my family, we did more white beans than we did red beans. But we did red beans too, but red beans are a, a thing that just drifted over. You have to think about how things have changed, how access to food has changed, how canning food changed access to food, how refrigeration changed access to food, how flash freezing changed access to food, and how the interstate system tied the state together to, for people to move easily from one area to the other, the next, and how that changed. So things naturally migrate from one area to other. People from New Orleans moved to Lafayette. People from Lafayette moved to New Orleans. You know, uh, Chef Paul uh, Prudhomme was a Cajun. He's a Cajun chef and opened a Cajun restaurant in New Orleans, which is known for Creole food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, there's been some migration. There's been some back and forth. There's These things are not static. You know, this, this is not a static situation with food. Food evolves. As people learn different things from different places, they're going to adapt different things and cook different things and you know, adapted to their, their taste, you know, uh, like I think crawfish is much, a much bigger thing in South, South central Louisiana, Southwestern Louisiana than it was in New Orleans for a long time. But, you know, crawfish eventually became more popular in the New Orleans area too. I mean, think, think about that too, though. I mean, obviously down here, you can go a little bit further down South in those rural areas. And what do you see? Crawfish ponds. I mean, right, oh, right. Yeah. if you if you had the if you had the correct boat, you could damn near go get it yourself. You know, you Pretty can't do that. Talk, New, you can't do that in New yeah. Orleans, but you have access to it because of distribution, because of modern day, you know, right. food right. transportation. So, like, the, what, what we're prideful about and what we what we deem as being one type of cuisine changes over time. Just like you said, Brandon D. We talked about this off camera too. It's just your access to things are just so more, so much more vast. It's just so much more widespread. I can, you know, I can go online and order something that I need to make whatever type of cuisine I want to, you know, so I'm not, I'm not restricted by the, by my, by my area Mm -hmm. anymore. Nowadays, nowadays we get ingredients from all over the place, Thailand, Japan, you know, Europe, it, you know, all, we have access to so much in India, you know, we get ingredients from there too. We have access to so many different things. And, you know, we even have modern additions to uh, Louisiana culture, say like the Vietnamese after the Vietnamese war, you know, war in Vietnam, we had a bunch of Vietnamese people move to Louisiana and they've definitely added to the oh, yeah. overall conglomeration of food in Louisiana. You don't take over, you just become part of the story. So the story yeah. is just additive. It's, 
you're just adding more things to it. You know, we learn different things from them. They cook different things than us. They they learned how to shrimp in our waters. They learned how to live off the land and become successful. And like anybody else in the state, you know, they they add to what our culture is. Right. They're they're modern day Cajun Creoles. Like that's how right. it started off here. That's the whole story of being, you know, the Acadians being driven out of Nova Scotia and being dumped into this land right, and not right. knowing how to work it and just working that land and learning how to survive on it and learning how to adapt to everything. So yeah, I say they fit right in. Come on. Right. Well, you know, it's 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 not a <laughs> like it's not a static situation. Like mo no. you cannot talk about modern Louisiana cuisine which most of us, you know, are familiar with without talking about Vietnamese food and the influence of Vietnamese culture on modern Louisiana cuisine. It mm -hmm. has 100% had an effect. It's changed the way things have done. It's just changed things. It's it's added to it. And that's a good thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. The original, yeah, the original always has to exist. There's always room for the traditional. When you talk about traditional things, you know, it's always great to have it. But that doesn't mean you can't add to it either. You can't put a new twist on it. It's like, you know, uh, cracklins. Cracklins were originally pork. Now they have chicken cracklins. So that's just something new, you know, because before nobody was going to kill a bunch of chickens and skin chickens to make cracklins. But no modern production methods and modern things have changed the way we have access to food. You could go buy a think about how ridiculous this is. You can go buy a pack of just chicken thighs, just chicken thighs. Yeah, that's not that doesn't really exist in other parts of the world. When you go buy a chicken, you go buy a chicken, you get two thighs, two breasts, two two legs, two wings, that type of thing. So mm -hmm. nowadays, it's a little bit it's different how we how things are processed and how we, mm -hmm. you know, how the uh, American meat processors produce meat, you know, they segregate it. And, you know, I guess it's a bad word, but like they separate it and put things in different things. So you can buy just a bunch of chicken thighs if you want. You know, you don't yeah. have to buy a whole chicken. <laughs> yeah. Right. You can buy a, a cup full of chicken hearts. <laughs> right. Exactly. There's only one per chicken, you know, so. A lot of death in that little container. <laughs> right. A lot of chickens die for that container. Pulling but I mean, it's, it's just, you know, food has changed so much. Like refrigeration and canning are, are one of, and for refrigeration, canning, drying, you know, flash freezing, all these modern methods of producing and preserving food has really changed the way people eat. You know, mm -hmm. now you're not limited to tomatoes only when you get tomatoes produced. You can get tomatoes year round. You can get okra year round. Think about that. Okra only comes out in the summer. Usually late summer is okra. Late summer, uh, early fall, you get okra. I, I can go to the store and buy a bag of frozen okra and it's pretty much the same as me right. getting it's not quite as it's not as good as fresh okra i'll admit but it's right. pretty good it's good always, for making gumbo right always buying seasonal produce is always the best thing right to do. Exactly. but if you're in a pinch you can always go to that freezer section yeah. no, so yeah. our access our access our access to food is so much different than uh people that came before us even our parents you know but yeah. We have access to food from all over the world. Uh, you know, we have access to information from techniques all over the world. We've had people move to this country and start different types of restaurants. And we've learned how to, you know, eat different types of food and cook different types of food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. Now, I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, it's uh, everybody just adds to it. It just it, it's evolving. Anything that's mm -hmm. not changing dies. So the, the, the cuisine of Louisiana cannot become stagnant. We can't stagnate. 
we have to adapt, but we also have to we also have to stay rooted in our traditions, but we also have to adapt to the changing world around us and then learn how to do different things. I mean, crawfish etouffee is always going to be crawfish etouffee, but I don't know, man. Maybe if you have some langostinos, you make it out of langostino etouffee. Different ingredient, different type of seafood, same same principle. Yeah, and you know, there's so nothing have, and there's nothing wrong nothing with that. Wrong as long with that. as you're not exactly. Yeah, so I mean, as long as you're like just like you said, it's just as long as you are staying true to the traditions, and if you continue to add to a dish great mm -hmm. if it's right. good if it tastes good it is good right b so like correct that's um, always the truth you know maybe yeah. you don't I, call obviously we won't call it the traditional name of the day yeah, right you no. have created something else that's beautiful and bright and delicious and that's fine right you know there's nothing right. wrong with that people right people have this stigmatism of oh if i change this traditional recipe no uh, i've just angered the gods do do whatever you feel like you know you know how to do in the kitchen and if it comes out good great you have created something right. great and there's and there's nothing wrong with that so this yeah. whole line in the sand needs to go by the wayside yes yes i don't know but i still don't think ravioli belong in gumbo hell no nah. i ain't talking about that shit <laughs> <laughs> there are certain no. there are certain things that, that they you see that <laughs> Culinarily, that doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't. It's it's no. It's a uh, what do they call it? Clear. Yeah. There's no ravioli in gumbo. There's no ravioli. In gumbo. Yeah. Key I phrase of what I said earlier: Do what you know how to do in the kitchen. No, don't, right. don't just. No. Yeah. Right. Anyway, let's make sure I put that a little. little yeah, but yeah, things, things, things. Things have to change. Things have to evolve. It has to. It has to be experimented. It has to grow. But that doesn't mean that the traditions are now void because there's something new. I mean, one thing you we really have access to is we have access to higher quality ingredients. Absolutely. Right. You know. You know. We have access to different ingredients. I don't know about you, but like, man, stuff like canola oil. Man, like, man, I don't even buy canola oil anymore. What a waste of money. Like, get some no, avocado oil way better than that olive we only have we only have three types of oil in our house we have avocado oil olive oil and sesame oil that's pretty much it and that's then i have, have pretty much we have peanut coconut oil too coconut oh, yeah coconut peanut oil, oil. Peanut. peanut oil for fry but that's and, all and high have, quality has, oils that's all high quality right. oils we didn't you know no yeah exactly and i have beef tallow in the wagyu beef tallow in the oh, refrigerator yeah, too. definitely got beef tallow i got <laughs> yeah. i even have some yeah so, so but think about that oil. like it's all high quality <laughs> yeah, right. But think about access to like these tallows and stuff. That's not even that's not something that's even 20 years old. Mm -mm. Oh, we, yeah, we no. didn't have beef. beef I mean, they had lard. I mean, you know, but that's about it. But we didn't have access to beef tallow or I mean, I've seen everything. Beef tallow, chicken yeah. fat, duck fat. And you think about mm -hmm. this, duck fat is really super common in France. And it's not common in the US. But Amazon makes it available to everybody. So <laughs> I have ordered a can of duck fat straight off of Amazon and it worked awesome for what I definitely. Used. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. you didn't see those things unless you were a farmer or right, right. you lived on a farm or you had access to those kind of things because you had those kind of animals. Right. So, and I mean, yeah. duck, duck right. is way more popular in France than it is in the United States. Yeah. There's things that you just don't see like in, in, in Europe, Lamb and duck are really common, and in America, people don't like lamb or duck as much. So, but I do. 
Yep. What are some, we're going to jump into some of the cuisine. Uh, what are some of the, we just talked, touched on some of the proteins um, that are, you know, kind of uncommon, but what are some of the common proteins that would be distinguished between Cajun and Creole cuisine? I found that Creole dishes tend to use more crab than than, than Cajun dishes. Crab like is seafood. not as, no, not just seafood. Crab in particular. Crab is more common in like I think Creole dishes uh, than you know, and it, it could be because of the uh, the crabs are really difficult to transport without refrigeration. So unless you're in a uh, an area that has crabs, you know, crab you wouldn't. You wouldn't see many crab dishes coming out of Opelousas, Louisiana. You would see like, you know, that more on like Terrebonne Parish, like the Southern Parishes, you know, uh, you know, close Abbeville, you know, uh, Kaplan, those areas you would see. the Close South to Louisiana, the water. Close to the mm -hmm. water, right. I mean, my grandmother, it comes from pretty much, my dad's mom comes from pretty much the water and she cooked a lot of crab dishes. So, and you know, that my my family is Creole, not, not Cajun. So, they would, they you know, they cooked a lot of crab and shrimp because that's what they had access to. Yeah, proximity. Not, much, not as much crawfish. My grandmother never cooked crawfish. My mom cooked crawfish, but I can't remember my grandmother cooking like a crawfish etouffee. It would always be shrimp. Proximity and access drives direction. Exactly. So exactly. Where, where, where you are is what you have access to is going to drive what you do. You know, it's just you're going to make if you live by the water you are going to make more seafood dishes throughout the week right. than you will meat dishes because you have access right. to that. It's going to be cheaper for you. You know, it's mm -hmm. just, right. it's just the way that it is. Right. So you're at, you're at the not, source. Yeah. So like, that's, that's where that, that whole concept of, you know, being, being Creole versus Cajun, having Creoles cook, you know, seafood dishes or, you know, having, Occasions cook maybe other things if they live in a different area than mm -hmm. you know than by mm -hmm. the water or whatever the case may be. I'm just I'm just thinking like the one thing about about it is like seasoning. There, we can talk about seasoning. Like there's not much of a difference between Cajun and Creole seasoning. It's base basically the same. Sometimes mm -hmm. you'll get like in New Orleans a little bit more of that Italian influence with the uh, like the basil, maybe a little more basil than you would expect. At Cajun and Creole seasoning, I, I think it's pretty similar. Hey, Tonary Saturday says Creole seasoning, not Cajun seasoning, and it's used by a lot of Cajun. So <laughs> point that out. Yeah, the seasoning, I, I don't see a lot of difference in seasoning at whatsoever. Not at I mean, all. That's, no. That varies no. more from varies more from person to person than it does cuisine to cuisine. Right, yeah, I so agree. I, yeah, yeah, I think I think your your proteins are really going to be. I mean, f your proteins are pretty much going to be fairly the same. What you do with them right. may vary a little bit, but right, right, you know, yeah, because my family, I mean, my dad's family, um, we we had everything. Like we had they they were in you know the swamp. They were crawfishing. They were fishing. They were mm -hmm. going to the salt water. They were crabbing. They were shrimping. They were catching saltwater fish. We had all of that growing up, you know, because that, mm -hmm. that, I mean, that was the cheapest way to feed your family was to go out and do that. They hunted, you know, deer, uh, squirrel, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> all, all those things. So, so yeah, I, and I mean, I always identified as Cajun because I didn't know anything differently, you know? So 
those, all of those things, we incorporated that into, you know, our food, all those proteins. So, I mean, we, I grew up in, you know, St. Landry Parish, so we weren't close to any kind of water source, you know, at least not uh, salt water. So, but that was just part of my, my family's, you know, that's just what we did. We, 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 we lived off the land. Right. And I think in Cajun cooking, you're definitely going to find Cajun cooking. You're going to find more game. Definitely. Find more game. More game. And, definitely. And, that, and that's, that's, that's and like saying, separating Cajun and Creole, the Creoles that lived in Creoles that lived in the rural parts ate just as much game as the uh, people that lived in you know, Cajuns that lived in the rural parts. So that's, you know, it, it depends what you have access to. If you're in a city, you're not going to have access to hunting, really talking about. Right. So, so it's going to no, be less. No. You're not going to eat a whole lot of venison. You're not going to eat a whole lot of, mm. you know, you're probably not going duck hunting. <laughs> you're right. Not doing exactly. those things. You're living close to the city. So unless you come to right. the rural area, unless you come to the country, then right. you're probably not having access to those things. And then no. we, right, we kind of right. have to talk True. a little bit about, or not really talk about it, but at least, uh, mention the differences between now, which we did earlier, but just to clarify the differences between now, because we have access to more now than, mm -hmm. you know, before, right? So you right. can, you can travel now, you can go an hour, two hours down the road mm -hmm. and, you know, go on a hunting trip for the weekend and then bag your right. deer. And now you have deer meat if yeah. you live in the city, right? right? right. Interstate, right. um, interstate system, man, made travel right. easier yeah. and safer. Yeah, and back in the that, day, they weren't you, doing that. Right, mm -hmm. and and not just that, but you can, you know, you can put in an order with a company to, to say you want an alligator. <laughs> I need an alligator yeah. for this date. You know, they can get that for you. Whereas before, you know, it's not, that's a modern concept, you know? I mean, what, a couple of months ago, I, I called someone on the phone and placed an order for a the second best brisket you can get in the world. I mean, yeah. How do you, right. That's, yeah. that's different. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. It's a much different time now. Yeah. And th yes. think about yes. this, the, the difference is the proliferation of the automobile. That's huge. I mean, that's, you're talking post world war two, you know, the car became much more common. I mean, that's the dream of the American have a car and be able to travel where you want. And that's, and that's pretty much true. I mean, in the South, most people have vehicles so they can tra they can travel when they need to. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, just just think in the past maybe 15 years how advanced our society has become technology-wise, right. you know, like things that we didn't have access to or or, or didn't even think didn't even it, know that the things existed that we have access to now, you know, like right. it's just it's just unbelievable. Way so, be, Kobe beef, for example, nobody would have heard about that in the 1960s, 70s. You know, a few people knew about it, but no, no one else knew about it. Right. You know, that's that comes through television, the Internet. You know, people are doing things. I mean, think of how YouTube and uh, streaming media has changed everything. You know, you're able to see things and really determine what you want to see. And, you know, if you want to go on a deep dive and cooking on any social media or any internet on and the platform on the internet you can you can really get deep into this stuff that no one had access to before right right Nobody didn't exactly. even know about any of these things exactly i, I want to touch on something real quick before we move on to something else because 
we're talking about Cajun versus Creole right here, and we're talking about mm -hmm. traditional values and traditional cuisine. How mm -hmm. deep are we going with this? Because if you change one thing in a dish, and we, we talked about it a little earlier, but I'm, I'm just now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, it just doesn't make sense. If you change mm -hmm. one thing in a dish, does that completely negate the fact that this is a quote unquote Cajun dish? Point I don't think I don't case, think it does. Case in point. Let's say I get beef cheeks, right? I get me some beef cheeks. Mm -hmm. I take those love beef, beef cheeks. cheeks. I love beef cheeks. I, I take those beef cheeks. I clean them up and then I smother them and make some gravy out of them and put it over rice. Mm -hmm. That's not traditional. I'd say who, who the hell was eating beef cheek gravy back <laughs> in 1750? Okay. Exactly. But. No but, one would tell me anything about it. No one would say a, a damn thing about it. But let you change something else that they deem as being a super traditional Cajun dish, and you change one ingredient and you make it better. You right. put poblano peppers in your gumbo versus bell pepper. Now we got a problem. What the hell are we talking about here, people? What's going <laughs> yeah. on? Well, you know what? You know what I say about the beef cheek things. It's not traditional, but it makes sense because beef cheeks are soup, have a lot of connective tissue. And a beef cheek makes a better, it will make a better gravy than pretty much probably any cut of beef. Yeah, on the yeah. I didn't had it. Yeah, there's nothing good. There's nothing, there's <laughs> nothing more with more connective tissue than a beef cheek. It is, no. like I say, it makes the most amount of gelatin. It will make you give you the best, it'll probably make the best gravy. It's got the deepest flavor of any cut of beef. So there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing yeah. wrong with the beef cheeker. But like no, a no, poblano no, but, pepper, yeah, you're so, talking about a pepper is just a pepper. Yeah. You know, whether you right. use a green pepper, a poblano pepper, or a red pepper, or a yellow pepper, or orange pepper, uh, these all have do the same things. But the green pepper just has the least amount of flavor of any pepper, right? Because it's it's basically an unripened pepper. So right. it's got the most bitterness. It's got the it's least bitter. amount of flavor. Yeah. The the poblano has more flavor it i i use poblanos pretty much exclusively in the place of green bell yep. pepper yep. and don't let you don't let and you no. um don't let you slice up a, a bell pepper and get a lot of that flesh that uh that white flesh on the inside it's oh no no more bitter than than it's right. designed to be <laughs> but yeah but that was my no, point that was my point with the beef cheeks is that you know back in the day let's let's say you let's say you of cajun heritage right you're a cajun person nobody has mm -hmm. access to beef cheeks back then you're not getting no. six, eight, no, ten no. beef cheeks. You're not slaughtering ten cows to take some beef cheeks to make <laughs> no, some gravy. Not That's at a, all. It, nope. it, modern yeah. concept, man. You're talking about modern production methods and how, you know, like what we've talked about before, all of us talked about is the economics of food are really important. You know, so mm -hmm. how a beef is slaughtered and how the meat is cut and what is turned into ground and what is turned into steak and what is turned into roast and what is turned into, you know, stew meat. All of these are the economics of how the cow has to be sold and all this changes, you know, depending on where you live. So, you know, the beef cheeks are like, you know, pretty much from one of my understanding, like beef cheeks were more like a Mexican thing. You know, Mexicans knew how to cook beef cheeks. Like you go get barbacoa tacos. Like, what is this? The first time I had that as barbacoa, what's that? They said, oh, it's beef. And I tried that. I was like, this is really good. I'm a big fan of beef. So I like the extra beefy flavor. I was like, what is this? This is good. Looked it up what it was. I was like, 
Well, I actually asked one of my co-creators, what is barbacoa, man? I had some of it, and I loved it, man. I thought it was great. And he's like, well, it's basically a cow's head that we then, you know, stew in a pot for hours, and then we take everything, chop it up, and make tacos out of it or, you know, whatever. And I was like, wow, that's really good. It didn't really bother me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, that's Mm -hmm. cool. But then, you know, you find out they sell beef cheeks in individual packs. Mm -hmm. You only get two per cow, so... You know, it's not, it's, it's, you don't get much of it off of a cow. So, right, right. And, and, and this is just a, it's just a different, it's just a different thing, a different cut of beef, a different thing you have to learn. But there's a, there's economic side to how you process beef and what you cut and what you sell. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, there's you know, only one pe- tongue on a cow. <laughs> yeah, right. There's only two brisk, there's only two briskets per cow. But the brisket sell for, you know, a brisket can sell for you know three dollars a pound, and off the same cow, the steak may sell for the steak may sell for fifteen dollars a pound. So, how yeah. we cut up the steak, how we cut up the cow and process it depends a lot on the economics right. of, of the beef industry. Right. So, I want us to jump into something. Let's talk about jambalaya and the differences. Oh, <laughs> That's something I, we haven't talked much about this season. I will say with jambalaya. Jambalaya is <laughs> jambalaya is a Creole dish, right? It's a Creole dish. It's based on it's based its parent dish is Spanish paella. It is that's the parent dish mm-hmm. of jambalaya. It's a Creole dish. Cajun people make jambalaya too, but it's different. It's a different style. Of, it's a different style of jambalaya. Both are good. I've had great versions of both. I've had terrible versions of both. Oh. So guess what? You're going to have to judge these things individually right. where you get it and realize just because it says it's Cajun doesn't mean it's good. Just because it says it's Creole also doesn't mean it's good. No. So it has to be individual. There are great versions of both and terrible versions of both. And mm-hmm. you will have to find them out for yourself. Right. Oh, man. So All right, barbecue um, brand. <laughs> yeah. I've been holding this in for so long. Oh. Oh, man. I got let it some, out, let it out, man. I got a full right. clip. And I'm so Uh-oh. loaded right now. <laughs> I am so sick and tired of people cooking jambalaya and it tastes like salt rice. It tastes oh. like they took rice and they added a little bit of chicken stock and cooked it in a rice mm-hmm. pot and added a little bit of extra salt in it. There's places that 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 make this type of jambalaya like jambalaya shop i believe it's called that place didn't last year but you will go to jambalaya contest and people are cooking this type of jambalaya and and winning and i i just don't understand it this this is not this is not jambalaya people this is not how you're supposed to do this whether you're talking about i don't care if you're talking about cajun creole i don't care what heritage you're from this is not jambalaya, what I'm seeing out here. It doesn't even have any color to it. It just looked like... Oh, like some brown oh, rice? Man. Some dirty uh, rice? Yeah. yeah oh, yes. Lord, let's not even go there. Not even... <laughs> that di- dirty rice is, is another Cajun... That's, that's part of the tomato oh, wars, too. Oh, Lord. Dirty rice versus it. rice dressing. Good God. That's going to be talked about, too, in upcoming right. episodes. Let's talk about... Let, let's go through the steps of jambalaya. Let, let's just let people know. What are the... Just basic steps of, of making a good jambalaya. What's your first step? Onions. <laughs> onions. Yeah. I, I start, yeah, you definitely need some onions in there. 
I use yeah, if, onion. It, if it's a Cajun jambalaya, it's onion. It's a lot of mm-hmm. onion in it. And yes. Onions that are cooked down very, very far. But basically, it's a uh, like a Cajun jambalaya is basically like you're braising meat with sausage and making a saw a gravy with it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you're going to cook rice in that and make a jambalaya. Yeah. Bingo. Uh, <laughs> a, a, Creole, a Creole one is is roughly the same, except you're going to have to like from like the Spanish influence, they have tomatoes in it. Oh, not so tomatoes. They, Oh God, tomatoes! Oh, not tomatoes! Oh, not the tomatoes! Oh, oh. Watch out! Tomatoes! Oh my God! Please, people in Louisiana, don't kill me! I mentioned tomatoes in in Louisiana food. Look, a, cre- a Creole jambalaya has tomatoes. It's it's either it can be crushed tomatoes, uh, uh, diced tomatoes, tomato sauce, tomato paste. It has tomatoes mm-hmm. in it. It's from the Spanish influence because Spanish yes. paella has tomatoes in it. Yes, and it basically is you're doing this delicious. Yeah, and you're doing the same thing. You're making us like a sauce, a gravy, and you're cooking rice in it. That's yep. pretty much what jambalaya yes. is. You- so if 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 you guys, if there are any of our subscribers, any of our viewers that are going to New Orleans at any time in the future, do yourself a favor and go to Lola's Cafe. That's great paella. It's Spanish. It's all Spanish food, but the best paella I've ever had in my life. If you awesome. never experienced paella, this is going to set the bar real, real high for anything else that you try. You're going to wait yep. 35, 40 minutes for this. It is worth every minute you wait for this. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, you have to do it. So this is the parent dish to jambalaya, whether it's right. Creole or it's Cajun. This is where it comes from. Okay. Exactly. And a, 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 yeah, a Creole jambalaya also mixes meat and seafood. Typically, you'll have like shrimp and sausage mm-hmm. and chicken mm-hmm. or pork are all doesn't it, paella is not a, di- a jambalaya or paella is not a dish that is this is kind of like a you throw a bunch of stuff in there what you have <laughs> you know you have fit you know paella could have fish it could have mussels it could have clams it could have shrimp it could have it'll have chorizo it'll have chicken it'll have pork whatever you know it's, all, it's all up to the all up to the right. individual cook, you know, so it's it's right. up to the cook what the cook wants to put into it. So whatever expresses your jambalaya personality the best, whether you like sausage and shrimp or pork sausage and shrimp or chicken sausage and shrimp or pork, chicken, sausage and shrimp mm-hmm. and whatever, you're all you're free to use all of it. And you know why? It's not. It's not. You know why? Because mm. be? it works. Yeah, right. it works. It all goes it together. It works. I tell it, you, it I, works so well in a jambalaya. It works really well in paella. And paella mm-hmm. just has that that more Spanish. You know, they have a little sofrito. That or, saffron, or, you know, man, yeah. you got that saffron in there. You that, use paquito, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, razzle dazzle. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a little paquito. Uh, what is it? Paquito peppers uh, are mm-hmm. go in there. Um, you use sweet. The sweet paprika goes in there, so it's a lot mm-hmm. of different, a lot of different flavors happening, and 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 it's just it's just so good, it's just so good. And yes, of, yeah, I, I will. Jambal- I will give jambalaya one. is a, deriv- a derivative of that. Yes. I'll, I'll give y'all. I'll give. I'm not a jambalaya cook. I, I can make a decent jambalaya. I'm not great. At, I'll give you one tip: never, never, never drain the fat off of your jambalaya before you put oh, your rice in. No, no that's criminal flavor. mistake. It, criminal mistake. That is mm-hmm. so key to making jambalaya. You can ne- never drain the fat. I don't care 
If it looks like, you know, it looks like there's a lot of grease in it, live with it. I yeah. think, but, but but that's that's what it's a. I think people that's are what doing the that. rice, man. Yeah, yeah, I, don't I, do I, that. I, don't ever I taste, do that. I taste some of these jambalayas, and they taste like they taste dry. Yeah, and I'm not never saying that. that. Never. I'm not saying that your jambalaya has to be super wet, like a rice dressing or anything, but it needs to be. You need to keep that's, all that's of that in shit. there. You yeah. you brown Don't ever you brown your meat. Yeah, you brown your meat in there. You throw your onions in there. You cook that. You add your liquid. You know when you put your liquid in there, that's when your you, you can put the rest of your seasonings in. Because whether you're talking about mm -hmm. a Creole jambalaya, you're talking about a Cajun jambalaya, all of these things co co intermingle. Like you know we're, we're yeah. We are just crossing lines on all of our cuisine at this point. So, like that—that's what we're oh, trying to absolutely. get at this, this episode. Jumbo, so, yeah. So, so jambalaya, just like a lot of our other dishes, our staple dishes down here in Louisiana are heavily seasoned. So, you heavily season your mm -hmm. dish because you have rice right. going in, right? Because rice is gonna right. kind of mute those flavors. Heavily season that 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 broth. Bring it up to a to a kind of like a a high simmer. Throw your rice in there. Give it a quick little stir. Cover that pot, let it yes. simmer. You cook all of that yes. together. You don't drain anything. Yes. Everything that you put in mm -hmm. the pot stays in there. Right. Right. Because that rice is going to absorb all of that flavor, all of that fat. That's all going to flavor. Going to mm -hmm. like get to the core of those little rice granules. Yeah. Or, or, oh or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, look. Yeah. You can tell the difference between if somebody. Cooks their rice in the rice cooker and then adds it because it's not going to be the same. Like you said, something's oh, off. It has yeah. to it has to cook all together. That rice has to absorb that liquid. Yeah, right, right, and th and that's what uh, jambalaya. I, like I say, people who put rules around jambalaya, man, like just stop because it's such an open ended dish. It mm -hmm. it really is. It's kind of like what you have on hand. If you want to make it with chicken, make it with chicken. If you want to make it with pork. Make it with pork. If you want to use pork and sausage, do that. You want to use yeah. chicken and sausage, do that. There's, it's such an open-ended dish. You really don't need to box in. But don't, if you use chicken, don't make your jambalaya with chicken breast because you will not like the results. That was a way too long of a cook process. You need like a chicken thigh to go into uh, into uh, chicken thighs. <laughs> To go okay. into jambalaya because it's it's a long it's a it's a making that gravy and getting all that collagen and all that goodness out of the chicken is a slow it's a slow process so yeah mm -hmm. chicken breasts are not going to stand up to that kind of cooking process no they don't have the fat that's needed to be rendered for that or they have the connective absorb. tissue right yeah right plus hashtag thighs are so much better anyway oh yeah <laughs> hashtag thighs yeah thighs are better. <laughs> Sorry, I had to adjust my thighs. Thighs are better than 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 chicken breasts. It's just a fact. Yeah. But jambalaya. Oh, that's why I, I don't. I don't really like to box in jambalaya because jambalaya. You make jambalaya how you want, uh, and you know, use if you want to use tomatoes, use tomatoes. God, God forbid. If you don't want to use tomatoes, don't use tomatoes. Yeah. I think that I think it's just it's so ridiculous. This tomato shit is just drives me absolutely. Fucking I don't, bananas! I, don't, man. I just don't understand why it's such a controversial ingredient. This is this is how I, I, just don't I, will, get it. I don't get it. I will it. explain how it started. Look, first off, this guy's like Creoles use more tomatoes than Cajuns. Then next thing was Cajuns use uh, tomatoes very little. Creoles use it in everything. 
And then the the then it's like Cajuns never use tomatoes, and Creoles use tomatoes in everything. Everything Creole has tomatoes in it. And then it, now it's like a Cajun won't even look at a tomato. If they look at a tomato, they go fucking nuts and lose their mind. And Creoles love tomatoes. They just use tomatoes in everything. Breakfast, dessert, doesn't matter. Tomatoes, <laughs> everything Creole. That's how stupid it's gotten. I don't understand. Creole I... dishes use tomatoes when they use tomatoes, and when they don't use tomatoes, they don't have. This is true because of access. And if you look at it, like Cre Creole gumbo, I know a lot of Creoles that make gumbo. My family is Creole make gumbo. Never, ever was there a single tomato put in a roux gumbo. Casey's, no. fa Casey's family is Cajun. When they make okra gumbo, there's tomatoes in the okra to cook it down. Right. It's a get, separate process. Get the yeah. get over it, please, because I'm over this shit. I'm tired of it. It's 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 so it's so it's such a contrived and trite com like just stop, man. It, it Cook doesn't make what any you sense. Want. Poor poor little tomato. He ain't done nothing to nobody. What did tomato nobody. ever do to you? Nobody. I'm sorry, man. Look, tomatoes are delicious. And look, it, they work where they work, and when they don't make sense, don't use them. If roux gumbo, a tomato makes no sense in a roux gumbo at all. No, it it's it would get no. lost. Nobody An okra knows gumbo, how to, a tomato, know, yeah. Nobody knows ahead, how to cook, puts tomatoes in roux gumbo. Nobody does no. that. No. Why? Who, who do you know is doing this? And I, also, have, also, I have not seen one thing on Facebook and all these little crazy groups. I have not seen, of all the crazy gumbos that I have seen online, except that one. <laughs> but that was a Texas gumbo. But anyway, <laughs> I don't even know if that had roux in it. So th th we shouldn't even count that. I've never seen... A real gumbo with with tomatoes in it. I've never seen it. It, it just doesn't exist. make sense. That sounds nasty to me, actually. Like, why would you have your tomatoes go. with some some thick root? No, uh, it's 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 a conflict of it's it's, it's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, there there's a there's dishes that you use tomato and roux in, like a cubion. You use tomatoes and roux, but it's in proportion to what. Right. The right. dish is, you know, like like a, a gumbo that's made, like, and then you throw a can of tomatoes in there. I'm like, why? This is not going to add anything. It's not to the dish. doing anything. You're just trying to add stuff from your cabinet, from your also, pantry uh, into, into your, like that one gumbo <laughs> with all the right, cabinet, exactly. with all the things from the cabinet, all the things. What's going bad in the fridge? We gonna put that in the gumbo so we don't waste. Right, yeah, and there's also we also. Right. And while we also have to have to establish a difference between tomatoes and tomato paste, tomato paste is a wildly different ingredient than tomatoes. You right. could use tomatoes in tomato paste in things that you wouldn't expect. For example, if you put tomato paste in a gravy, this actually does work. I mean, if you make beef bourguignon, that's a French dish. It has a little bit of tomato paste in there. Tomato paste is a very different ingredient because it is made from the whole tomato, skin included, dried in the sun, so the, and then ground up into a paste. It is a very different ingredient than a tomato. You could, I have, I put tomato paste in a lot of dishes that people don't expect. You know, when I make like, uh, you know, gravy, like like I make that mushroom gravy I do for Oktoberfest. There's a little bit of tomato paste in there because that helps brown. It adds some naturally occurring as MSG, and it adds a little bit of sugar, so it helps things caramelize. So it gives a lot of flavor. Now, it does not necessarily give a tomato flavor. If you put it in at the right moment, 
I put tomato paste in when I'm sauteing my vegetables. So I'll add tomato paste at that time, and I'll put a cook on that tomato paste. And once you brown that tomato paste, it's going to basically intermingle with the flavors that you add in next. And it's just going to become a very background note. But it won't mm -hmm. be a very it won't be a really strong tomato flavor. It will no, be a very strong deeper. savory flavor. It's a right. savoring right. agent. Right. That's what tomato paste is. I, I so if you put tomato paste in your etouffee, it's okay. I literally <laughs> used tomato paste tonight to cook dinner. I made a little pasta exactly. dish and you know I threw some tomato paste in there, cooked it down in my you know with my I made almost like a little butter roux and kind of cooked that tomato paste down with some with some garlic and just you know threw my cream in there and made made a cream sauce basically but it was it was exactly. a deeper it wasn't it wasn't super tomato forward it was no. it was just a deeper level of savory flavor that that kind of gave that a savoring mm -hmm. agent yeah yeah, right. yeah. so mm -hmm. like and i just i don't get just like you were saying b i don't i don't understand this whole situation of of, of to, picking on tomatoes because there are so many damn cajun dishes that have tomatoes as Correct. a part of mm -hmm. the ingredients. Yeah. A lot. I'll tell you another ingredient that there is a big difference in the use of in Creole and Cajun cuisine, and that's cream. Cream mm. is much more prevalent in Creole cuisine yeah. than, than Cajun cuisine. If you talk about cream, you know, that's that's a different that, that ingredient right. is more prevalent because you get a lot of cream dishes because of the French cooking influence right. Right. and all those well, fancy restaurant type dishes that use a lot of cream. Right. Mm -hmm. Because cream know, is awesome. We all know I'm a little right. bougie, and, so I I, I tend yeah. to cook a little bit more, you know, towards the, <laughs> of the, course the, the French style of cooking. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> hey, a little yeah, a little and, cream. And, 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 and some of those sauces, you know, like we discussed earlier, you know, they have their liquor-based sauces. You have wine-based sauces. And butter you have butter-based sauces, right? Right, right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Those are, you know, definitely more in Creole dishes versus Cajun dishes. Correct. I, when I think of a Cajun dish, I think of something way rustic. You know, something like mm -hmm. really earthy, very it. savory. Yeah, and like yeah. when it comes to like the difference in jambalaya in my mind a creole jambalaya is going to be more seafood based whereas a cajun jambalaya is going to be like pork or chicken pork. you know right. mainly pork and and that's how i view it you know mm -hmm. but a lot a lot, lot of a uh, lot of onions in in both but right. cajun cajun jambalaya has that really deep caramelized onion yeah. flavor which is really what I, I think that's really what makes it magic is the Cajun jambalaya. If you're not doing that, yeah. you're not making Cajun jambalaya. It's got to have that real deep because mm -hmm. basically you're making that you're taking your meat and you're braising it, and you're making that braising liquid and sauce, and then you're adding rice to that, and then adding liquid to make to make your rice cook. Yeah. And that and that's and really it's a it's a stretch dish. It's made to take mm -hmm. a little bit of meat, yep, and a little yep. bit of sausage, a little bit of this, and basically. Put it with some rice and stretch it and make something that's basically really filling and everybody's happy with. And that's no a, that's the definition, like Cajun yeah. food. Yeah, and but that can go across the board too. That can go for Creole yeah. too, because you it, it definitely you, that, is that rice is going to stretch your ingredients. You want that flavor infused into your rice so that you can feed more people with this dish. That you have that Correct. flavor 
that will stretch. So yeah, I think that concept goes across both boards here. Oh, absolutely. You're talking about jambalaya is poverty food. I mean, across oh, the board. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, absolutely. It's, 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 any rice then, dish which... is going to be a poverty dish. Right. And I mean, it's really about stretching as much as you can and, you know, Creole. And, and the thing about it is, is you can't just limit Creole cuisine to what you see in restaurants and people cooking. You know, is it Creole cuisine because it's made by Creoles or is it, you know, what what is it? I mean, what defines it? It's really such a hard definition. If you're it talking is. about fancy, fancy Louisiana food, you know, I mean, usually it's Creole, but hey, there's some fancy Cajun dishes too. They could, you know, Ooh. it just... It just depends who's preparing and what their style is. You know, if you want to make like a, you know, like like Brandon, a barbecue brand said, if you want to make like a beef cheek gravy and make it and, you know, serve it over risotto, is is that still Cajun? <laughs> I would right. say it is. Sounds, I would say it like is. That Brandon cooked last week. <laughs> yeah. It's that sounds like, exactly well, like let's think about this. Yeah, look, look. Risotto is not a risotto is not a, a, a dish. It's a style of cooking rice. Exactly. And all you're doing is cooking rice in a different way. And, exactly. and, and if you're taking like a, a beef cheek, you could make a richer gravy with a beef cheek than you can with a chuck roast. Right. That's just a fact. Yeah. Right. You know, so the, it's Obviously. gonna be a different flavor. But right. the spirit is the same. It's the same, it's the, the spirit of the cook is the same. I'm taking something that's tough. And, you know, it takes a long time to cook. I make it into a super rich thing that's going to be super savory, satisfy everybody. That's that's your goal. I mean, I think Cajun food, I think a lot of like, you know, a lot of pork dishes, a lot of braised dishes, a lot of, you know, really, really deep flavors, taking what you have and doing the most. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what I think Cajun food is. You take simple ingredients and they're cooking it in a way that really maximizes the potential of what the food they have. That's what Cajun yeah. food is. It's mm -hmm. they you take some onions, some celery, some bell pepper, garlic, pork, and 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 you cook it to where you do and seasoning and you just cook it to where you get every inch of flavor out of the food. And that's and that's a Cajun right. dish right there. Right. Creole mm -hmm. is a little bit more classically trained that classical, you know, European style cooking, the the fancy sauces and, you know, the different cooking techniques, restaurant inspired stuff. But you have to realize like the poor Creoles cooked the same way that the poor Cajuns did. They didn't yeah. have cream sauces or butter sauces. They cook in the same inspired things that they cook. They're cooking jambalaya. Maybe they have access to tomatoes, maybe because of proximity, maybe because they grow them, you know, right. but not all all Creole food is necessarily Cook by you know cook with tomatoes. They're the the poor Creoles did not did not cook like they cooked in a in a fancy restaurant in New Orleans. Right. I mean, you're not gonna right. find somebody living in a Creole living in South Louisiana cooking like they're cooking out of Galatoire's or something like that. <laughs> think That's about not how, happening. Think about how dumb this sounds. You got a garden outside. It's time to harvest mm -hmm. some some tomatoes. You got some tomatoes sitting mm -hmm. on your counter. You go to make a jambalaya. Them tomatoes are about to go bad. You're not gonna put them tomatoes in that in that jambalaya because gonna, tomatoes don't go in jambalaya. Exactly. Come on, no stop waste. It, bro. Right. Stop it. Right. And, <laughs> right. And you know, I I just had a thought, a really interesting thought. So, what if, just what if this happened? And I can see this happening. So, what if Cajuns were growing tomatoes? Okay, but maybe that it was more economical for them to sell those tomatoes in the city. Uh, that could be the case or tomatoes mm. may be difficult to grow. If let's say Louisiana was in a different climate and tomatoes actually grew well, you think 
Cajuns wouldn't use tomatoes and everything. Right, exactly. It it could it right. could have been a it's it's a about it's, it's not things. about right. It's not about flavor palette or flavor choice. Right. It's about access. The access tomato to tomatoes was greater to some communities right. than to others. Right. Just like the access to beef was greater in some people in Louisiana than others, or the right. access to crab, or the access to shrimp, or the access to crawfish. Whatever right. you had access to, you took it and made the most out of it. Right. And Creole cuisine is also not defined by just what they cook in New Orleans restaurants. It is no. defined by the people who are Creole, who cook Creole food in their houses. That is the true expression of it. And I know, like, you know, a lot of people in New Orleans, they use butter roux in their gumbo instead of us, like, you know, in Southwest Louisiana, we use oil-based roux. Yeah. Is one greater than the other? No, it's it's a different result, but it's in the same yeah. spirit. It's not right. It's not a it's not it's not such a wildly different concept that, oh my God, you made root with butter. You know, holy crap, that's so different than anything I've ever done. This is the same thing, it's just a little bit different of a take. You can't get a dark a super dark root with a butter brew. It's just right. not possible. Right. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, man, if it tastes good, it is It is good. It doesn't matter if it's called a Creole dish or a Cajun dish. If it no. tastes good, it is good. It doesn't matter. And Nothing more them, than that. Leave them poor tomatoes alone. They didn't, yeah. they didn't do Please, nothing to nobody. Yeah, give tomatoes a break, man. You know, yeah. you need... You need, <laughs> they, you, need a, you need your like... A, they have all kinds of antioxidants and stuff, and they're great for they're you. For Such you. a great ingredient. But, Such a great ingredient. <laughs> You know, and you know, agree, look, they agree. all—they all people crapping on tomatoes, but they all make their Cajun spaghetti, and that look. doesn't have tomatoes. Cajun spaghetti, okay. yeah, exactly. So Sauce you like tomatoes, Cubion. right? Sausage and right. tomato right. gravy, right? Mm. Oh. Y'all stop oh man, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want some of that right now. So yeah. I, I just think I just think the the tomato thing is just ridiculous to say. It now is. look, it we is. all agree. Tomatoes have no place in a root gumbo at all. Now they have a place in okra gumbo, but the way we're from, where we're from, how you cook okra is we stew okra down with tomatoes. We smother okra until it's broken apart, non-slimy. Tomatoes are a key ingredient to that because their acid helps break the slime down because slime is a protein, it's mucilage, and proteins are helped by breaking down by long cooking process in acidic environments. So that's why we use mm. tomatoes to break the slime and okra. No one likes slimy okra gumbo. That is mm. not a thing. Please, please stop. Please stop with this myth. We stew okra down. And there's other ways to do <laughs> okra where you can where you can break the slime in it too and kind of keep it whole. But how we like to do it, we stew that okra down, we smother it, we break it down, and then we cook it into gumbo, and it's fantastic. And the flavor combination between okra and okra and tomato is fantastic. Yeah. It just pairs well. It's a perfect pairing. Okay, so that's, I, that's just I, I just realized something. We didn't we didn't have a safety moment on this last episode of season mm. one. Oh man. Safety moment. Womp womp womp. Safety moment. I'll tell you the safety. I got a safety moment of the day. Uh -oh. If I decide uh -oh. to cook some beef cheek gravy and throw it over some risotto, stay the hell off of my uh, my post feed. M mind yeah. your business. for you there. Mind your business. <laughs> womp, 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 I'm going to tell you, womp, I'm going to tell you, if you don't like, if you don't like, 
<laughs> if you cook that, I'm gonna be coming over. I'm like, what, man? Look, I'm about right. to take a little drive, man. What, what, but that's what that's, that's 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 yeah. How, that's how such long, a. How long till we get to Lafayette? How long are you gonna be cooking that? That's about a, that's about a two and a half hour cook, man. I'm, I'm gonna be yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hold it for an hour. I'll be there. But what that's such to- a that's such a good yeah. That's such a great <laughs> idea for for it, for, a, for a kind of a twist on a Cajun dish. It yeah. is. It is a great twist, actually. Yeah. Hey, so B, what- add some demi gloss to that too. Hey. <laughs> Dang. Hey. But yeah. But I think that also goes back into like I, I the, the new way of cooking food, you know, where we're taking ingredients, we're taking methods, we're making they doing things like making demi gloss and adding that to our gravies and stuff and just to kind of intensify the flavors and make it, you know, make it more intense than it was before. Yeah, yeah. the more you learn, just the the more you can play around with things that that you know this works. I know this works because right. Right. Th- this this affects this ingredient this way, and then these things affect this this way. And I haven't I haven't crossed any lines. I haven't crossed any guidelines. I haven't broken any like baseline rules here. I've just enhanced my dish, and that's exactly. fine to do. That's exactly. Because think what you're doing with a demi glace. You're roasting bones and onions and carrot and all this stuff. You're roasting it, deglazing it with water, getting all those brown bits, putting that in a pot of water, and letting that simmer until you break down the the, the gelatin in the in the dish. And, and that is making that is basically a cheater way, a different way of making the same product as a gravy. It really yeah. is. And you could use that to make. Hey, look! If you're not making enough gravy, throw a little bit of that demi gloss in there, man. <laughs> you got it. Make right. your own. It's worth the effort. Right. So with that being said, I want to go off and do our little end quote of the night. This comes to us from Paul Prudhomme. How fitting. He says, when the taste changes with every bite and the last bite tastes as good as the first, that's Cajun. I like that. I like, I want to agree with that. Mm -hmm. People leave the tomatoes alone. They they really are your friends. I can't, I can't let it go because it's just, it's, it's been beaten. It's been beaten to death over and over and over, and everybody's just tired of it. Yes. <laughs> before so, before especially we, me. Before we go, I have to challenge that quote on on Chef Paul because um, that last bite sometimes isn't just as good as the first bite. Because if that food is good, I'm going back for that second plate. <laughs> You're right about that. Absolutely. Law of diminishing returns Absolutely. on those plates, you know. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you guys, it's been a great season one. This has been fun. And uh, by the way, we want to thank you guys. We've hit what? What? What's the count of our subscribers at this current moment? Oh, hold on. Let me let me live check it. Oh, live yeah, check. Live we've check. Been, we've been going up, going up this week. It's been great. Let's see, yeah, yeah, it has been fantastic. Two hundred and forty-four at the last count. 244 subscribers you guys are the absolute best absolutely thank you god thank you everybody for listening and watching our videos please feel free to ask us questions message us you know about any questions you have if you yes. want a specific recipe you can email us or message us and we'll give it to you absolutely like, subscribe and we- share tell everybody share. comment mm-hmm. yes it's absolutely and um we will be releasing 
as many shorts and as many videos as we can during our break between season one and season two. So we'll probably pick up season two within in the new year. So we're going to take off, you know, for the holidays and stuff. So still tune in. We may jump in and surprise y'all every now and then. So, oh, but yeah. we appreciate brand, everything. Barbecue yeah. brain may have a couple of surprise uh, pop-ups for y'all. So oh, we'll, we'll definitely yeah. be making some cooking shorts and cooking videos. Yeah. So we're, Got a plan to do some long format stuff too, and there might be a collab soon for the holidays. Maybe so. Maybe. So tune in, stay tuned. So thank you guys. You have a nice night and keep stirring that pot. Peace.